This is George. And this is Donna. And this is Currently with George and Donna. Today, it's one of my favorite kinds of episodes. We are talking about board games, baby. Cool. What board games have we been playing? We've been playing a lot of Azul. Azul. Tell them about Azul. Oh, snap. All Um, the rules from memory. (laughs) Okay. So, no, I'm not going to tell you all the rules. Don't worry. You don't need to turn this off right away. Um, I will tell you, George uh, first met with the game Azul. Was it at Gen Con? No, it was um, at the Plus One Gaming Store. Okay, there's a gaming store here in Metairie, Louisiana, about maybe 20 minutes from our house, and George has been there a couple times. And they have this game Azul. And he said, oh, I really want to get us this game. It looks really cool. However, I'm going to order it because it's cheaper or something. Some reason you wanted to order it, right? No. Okay. I lied. No, no. Keep, keep trying. All of this, I lied. <laughs> they, no, they had the game Azul at the game store uh-huh. on sale. Uh-huh. So I bought it. Oh, that's what it was. You 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 said I've been thinking of ordering this game. That's and what they it, had okay. it on sale. Yeah, he said I've been thinking of ordering this game, but it's very expensive, and it was on sale there. So you bought it there. That's right. Now I remember. I try not to pay too much attention to what George does, <laughs> if you guys can understand. But understood. Thunderstand. Thunderstood. Thunderstood. Um. So anyway, he bought it. And he, we get it home, and he realizes it's not the first Azul. It turns out the company that made Azul made a second one. Yeah. And he accidentally bought the second one instead of the first one. So I was a little bit bummed. Yeah. So, but that's okay. We start playing the second one, and, and we love it. Yeah. I loved it. You I made him play it enough. all the time. You can't get enough. Even though he beats me at this game all the time. It's a good thing that I added the modifier at this game because I was about to say he beats me all the time. <laughs> he beats me at this game all the time. Uh, but I still, I, I really love the game. And I'm not as competitive as George. So I really didn't care at first that he was beating me all the time. I just wanted to play it. Then he started kind of like rubbing it in my face and be like, you sure you want to lose again? Are you sure you want to do this again today? Are you sure? You want to play this? And the more he started saying stuff like that, the more I was like, uh, yeah. And I'm going to start winning. I'm going to start winning at this game. So, still now, so we started keeping track. Still, he's beaten me 10 times more than I've won. So, we, we lost track of how many times we've played. We just keep track now of, like, who's on top. So, he has beaten me about 10 times more. Then, then I'm beating him. It's like, it's like I think last count was like 17 to 7. And we're like, we got to stop keeping actual number count. We just need to say it's 10 to 1 at this point. <laughs> so anyway, so my sister came down for Christmas. I think we talked about this game when they came, actually. Mm. Um, and she said, we don't have this version. We have the first version of Azul. And so George bought no, that one. they ordered the first version. And they... Wait. They played our version, and then and they, they, they tried to order our version, and they accidentally got the first the version. version. Yeah, that's which right. is pretty funny. And they said they liked it better. Right. 
So then I was like, okay, let me check it out. So we ordered it, we get it, we love it. And it's just different enough um, that that it justifies being its own game. Yeah. It's not a game that they just slapped a little or changed some of the rules. I feel deja vu as if we talked about this with them when, when they were on our podcast. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe but, we did. But they ordered that game afterwards. Yeah. And then, um, then I find out there's a third game that uh, Azul came out with. Uh, in that same kind of, uh, basically they use a lot of different tiles in a color uh, placing system and they change the color placing system and the tile colors or the tile uh, identifiers that allows you to score points in different ways. And man, each game is awesome. Each game is different. Each game is still listening within the same color family and I highly recommend it to people. Uh, once you learn it, and it's a little awkward to learn exactly how it works out. You see the strategy in some versus others, and it's just great. And now we have all three, and uh, I can keep my sanity because she wanted to play that first Azul that I picked up so much. We played over 30 times, which is a great value out of the game that you get. If you play 30 times, that's a dollar you know, a game. That's nothing you know, um, over the course of how much enjoyment that's giving you versus seeing a movie or something like that. So I love that, but it was like every second you were like a crack at it. Azul? Azul? Um, sorry uh, for George's insensitivity if we have any crack addict fans out there. Yes. <sighs> sorry about that. Goodness. Our show is really popular. I know. If Ugh. you listen to it, uh, hi. Anyway, so um, now we're rotating those games. So again, just uh, so the three games are Azul, the original. Then there's Azul Glass Sinatra. And then there's Azul Summer Pavilion. So, highly recommend those games. Any other games that we're playing that you're all hyped up about? Nonstop? Uh, I'll say one more thing about the third Azul, the one that company... I've already made a, a transitioning statement, so... But okay. I'll take it back. No, 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 ta- no I won't no, say no. it. Won't I'll say take it back. Say it. No. No, we can move on. <laughs> So, we've been playing... Um, Tell me what it was. <laughs> the third Azul has way more strategy involved. Mm. I think I like it the best. And that's the one that I'm beating George's tail in. No, you're not. Yes, I am. Go and look at the board. We got it wrong the other night. There's one of the games that I beat you 2-0. to zero. Go look I at the board. I don't know about that. Go look at the board. Go look at it, son. Oh. I'll wait. You really want to run up them steps while these babies no. are waiting for us to keep talking? The last thing that I want to say about it is that we did a all three game back-to-back, winner takes all, all the bragging rights. And we you, tied. You won the first <laughs> game. I won the second game. And then on the third game, which is incredibly hard to do, we played so sharply that... We both tied in that game, and it is so hard to tie in that game. It was because we were playing so good. So either we made the same amount of mistakes, okay, or um, or it was just like we were on our A game, placing things and making the best choices possible mm-hmm. at this level. Right. So anyway, moving on from Azul, I recommend all three. It doesn't matter which one you start out with either. Let me just tell you that you could buy the third one and only have the third one. And it'll be a fun time for your family if you like little strategy games. Um, So we have been playing, oh my word, 
Chronicles of Crime. Chronicles of what? Crime. I'm trying to think of how I can make the song Chronicles of Narnia. It's never going to rhyme with <laughs> Chronic it. Chronic what goes of crime? Yeah, it doesn't work it out. It doesn't rhyme. It dies. Uh, you got to go up at the end and crime goes down. So crime and then Narnia. Crime. Mm. Right. That's why it doesn't work out huh? when you try to sing it. Yeah. Anyway, singing ability or not, uh, singability or not, Chronicles of Crime is so next level cool. How did you hear about this game? So, uh, I know you love crime. Dramas. Stop saying that. You, I don't you love, didn't let me finish. I don't love crime. You Dramas. You take a long pause and it's not okay. You've said, I know you love murder before. And I'm like, are you kidding? I don't love murder. And you're like, podcasts. Murder podcast. That's on you for jumping in too early. Like. No, you give like a 30 second pause and it sounds really bad. Crime dramas. Yeah, yeah. Anything. True crime podcast. True is crime what I like. podcast. Yeah. True crime Netflix yes, deals. Yes. Um, and I know you love those. So the, I've always thought, and I love board gaming, and I always want to get you involved. And I also want to get games that we can play two player, but we can play more than two player if we ever have people over. So that's my kind of genre I try to find in. And the one of the first ones that I found was uh, Whitechapel. Uh, and it's uh, Letters of Whitechapel. It's uh, Jack the Ripper. Uh, one player plays that character going through Whitechapel in, in London. And it's a grid system. And you uh, commit these murders. And then the police officers, an alarm sounds, and the police officers come and try to track down J uh, where Jack the Ripper was. And the grid system is on a number system. So um, Jack the Ripper tracks it on his own in his little map. And then the other players are trying to track that down. So that was the first one. I was like, oh, maybe you'll like that. And uh, we've played it a couple of times. It's really, really fun game. Yeah. And you then, basically, uh, you have to, if you're going to get it and play it, it's a, it's a really great game. It's called um, just Letters what, of Whitechapel. Letters of Whitechapel. It's a great game, but you got to make sure you play with people who are concentrating. If you have that one friend. That's like on that, your phone. Or that one uncle that's like, I'm just gonna go see what's going on with the game again on the TV. Like, you you can't. Like, you gotta have some people who are serious about solving the little mystery in the game. Which is not really a mystery. It's um that you're chasing the person right. who's agreed to be, quote unquote, Jack the Ripper. Yeah. You're chasing him through the streets of London and you gotta keep track of where he's been. Yeah. Because I have to answer truthfully if I've been in a location, and if right. I haven't, I have to say that. That's the one caveat of the game. And if you make a misstep, you could totally, yeah. he can jumble you up. Everybody's got to be paying attention. Now, me saying you got to be paying attention, this does not mean, I repeat, boo, 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 alarm, does not mean it's a hard game. It doesn't mean it's impossible. It doesn't mean you gotta have an IQ of whatever, like off the scales. To, no, I don't mean it's a hard game. I just mean you just gotta be paying attention. Like you, when you ask him, have you been to this section of town? And he says, no, everybody's kind of gotta be paying attention so that you can keep track of where he's going. Yeah. It's not hard. It's just that you gotta like concentrate. 
My one story on that that I have, um, I'll never forget. I was playing, and Scott, who's one of our avid listeners, will remember this. Um, I invited them uh, friends over. We were playing this game. There's one guy on their team that they have never, they don't listen to the entire time. He says, "Go this way, try this," but they, you know, two of the guys are kind of more aware, and and so Scott's one of them, and he's like, "Oh no, we'll go this way," and and you know, he's very friendly. Wait, um, was this at Gen Con? No, this was at uh, I think Scott's house. We went to. Um, Wait, was that Risk or Whitechapel? Whitechapel. That's my stories about Whitechapel. Oh, I didn't think we had Whitechapel till we moved to Gallo. No. But at three ninety five. Really? Oh my God! I don't remember playing it till we moved down here. Anyway, go ahead. Okay. Are you clear? Are you <laughs> clear? The way she's looking at me, y'all. <laughs> anyway, so I'm playing the game. Uh, I'm getting away from these guys. Um, when you're Jack the Ripper, that character, your heart is in your throat most of the time, especially when they start getting near and they're figuring out your hideout. That's what's great about that game. It's just, and so sometimes when you, you and you, everything's an open discussion amongst the police officers, all the players. So sometimes, you know, you say something to try to throw them off or say, you know, and, and be fun like that. And they ha- are having, I'm playing against three guys. They, two of them are having their own discussions. They're on my tail the entire time. They're kind of taking the importance of the third guy, but the third guy, he's, he's friendly. You know, he just wants to be part of the team. At the very end, um, I had one move to make to win the game. And if I would have gone in one direction, if, if uh, the police officers would have investigated in one direction, they would have lost my, my uh, uh, scent, I should say. If they went in the other direction, they would have caught me and arrested me. And they're hard set on going in the other direction. So I'm like, I'm about to win this game. And then the third person says, why don't we just go to the other direection? And they listen to him. They hadn't been listening to the whole show, the whole game, and they and they listened to him all of a sudden randomly. But they're so. What surprised me is they were so hard set on going in the other way, like they did the whole entire game. And he just says, "Hey, why don't we go this way?" And they're like, "All right." (laughs) (laughs) And they caught me, and it was heartbreaking. It was so tough. I'll never forget it. But just a great game. In that it gives you that sense of, you know, finding somebody and tracking them down. Right. But I'm always paying attention to games that have that element or some kind of that element that you would enjoy. So then we got Sherlock, Consulting Detective. And that we got while we were living in Gallo. Yeah. So we're so we're going to get round back to uh, Chronicles, Chronicles of, of Crime. Crime. But let's talk about Sherlock, Consulting Detective. Yeah. So, so the next game we got along that vein was uh, Sherlock, Consulting Detective. I love it. Anything um, Sherlock you love. It is. The Sherlock show, the Sherlock uh, uh, procedural. Yeah. The movies. <laughs> this one, you guys. Wee woo wee woo. This one's hard. <laughs> <laughs> and not just because you got to pay attention. This one takes a lot of deduction and a lot of hyperbole on your part to say, well, I think it's that. So I'm going to jump to this next level and assume this happened. And, okay, yeah, that's the right way to go. So 
It's, gosh, it is very difficult. It's one of the mo most yeah. difficult games I've played yeah. because I, I'd of... like to. I think it's a level up game. So uh, at the end, let's talk about how it would be a great last game to play. Ver in yeah. This, in this so it comes. Okay. So the Sherlock Consulting Detective game comes in a box with ten. Is it ten? Ten cases. Ten cases. For Sherlock Holmes to solve, every case comes with its own newspaper. Yeah. Um, it comes with its own story of someone who, you know, quintessential comes to 221 A Baker Street, B Baker Street. Is it A or mm, B? B. B. <laughs> 221 B Baker Street comes to Sherlock, at, tells him a story, asks him, can he help, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it comes with a map of London. It comes with a directory of London, which with people's uh, addresses in like, it, like like uh, uh, yellow pages, like a yellow pages, but with addresses, because of course, back in eighteen whatever, when Sherlock was alive, not everybody had a phone. When was Sherlock so, alive? Isn't it like the eighteen? He wasn't real. He's not a real person. Well, when <laughs> when Arthur Conan Doyle, who wrote the Sherlock Holmes mysteries, was alive. <laughs> Not everyone had a phone. So um, so anyway, it comes with these references, the directory, the map, the newspapers, and the stories for each of the 10 cases. Well, we've been through, I think, three or four of the cases, right? Mm -hmm. But it's the type of game that the cases build on each other. So if in the first story, the very first case... It says something about a jewelry heist. Two cases later, it might mention the same criminals from that yeah. jewelry heist in the in the newspaper. And, and but it plays into the fact that if you're trying, you're uh, you working for Sherlock or helping Sherlock or something like that, you're not Watson or Sherlock yourself. Sherlock already has solved it, you know. And it's really cool because um, you're not really gonna beat Sherlock. He always can get to the crime in a lot less steps than you can. Oh, right. So the way that you score each case to see if you passed or failed is you try and score against Sherlock. So the premise of each case is Sherlock has already solved it. Uh, but you're trying to see how well you do against him. So that's the thing that you get your yeah. scoring from at the end of each case. Right. So I, I think every case we've played, we've been way off base. Uh, I think almost every case. I think one of them we got kind of closer. Like, oh, we could have talked to this guy or that guy. Yeah. Uh, what's See, really impressive about these kind of games is that the booklet that comes with the director, the the addresses for your case and the intro for your case, you uh, can go to an address and speak to somebody there, and you get a little snippet of the story. Yeah, you feel like a real detective. So you read the story when the person comes to Sherlock and asks him, "Can you help me? Can you help me solve this mystery in my life?" You read the story and you say, okay, what do we do now? And you have to act like a real detective and you have to say, all right, well, the person mentioned this person. Let's go there. Or let's go down to the morgue and talk to the doctor there and see what happened with the autopsy. Or let's go down to the police precinct and see what happened there. And you're running all over London. So it feels like very much like at the time that we bought this game, it felt like the closest you could get to being a real detective. Yeah, at the time that we bought it. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's great, but we haven't really brought it back out. I mean, because uh, life changes and things like that. Well, I say we haven't brought it back out because we never had a big dry erase board. 
and I feel like you need it. For this game, it's yeah. not enough just to write things down on a notepad. You need to see everything in front of you like a real detective. And we never had a big place to like write everything out so we could stop and take a look and think together. Well, guess what we bought a couple days ago? A big whiteboard. A big well, we'll white to, dry erase we'll board. We'll get to that. <laughs> uh, the, then, um, you know, time passed and um, we got a hunter killer game via mail, like a mailing thing that I thought it was pretty cool. Um, we touched on about that for your, for you OGs out there. You, you remember that some of our first episodes were about that, but we changed that up. And <laughs> because we, that, that was one of the reasons we started the podcast was yeah. I would like to di- digest this and, and, and go through this and, and chronicle it and, and, you know, be able to speak to people about it. So that was my idea. When I came to you about starting a podcast, that was the pitch. Yeah, if we haven't said that before, we might have, but this whole podcast started out where George was like, let's do it all about this one game, and it's just going to be about us solving that. Well, we didn't get to solve all those cases in that game. It was a monthly subscription box, and we didn't get to keep doing it, and we found that it was much more interesting just to talk about our lives. Yeah, and so that's, At, why, that's not, why we changed the name. And listen, and we... not, not to say that it's much more interesting for y'all to listen about... It was much more interesting for us. We need a vent, babies. We need an outlet. We need a place to just talk it out. Where we so, said the stuff that happened to us really happened to us. Right. Not kidding. <laughs> so, this podcast is more for us to just vent about what's currently going on with us. It's not to mean that you guys think what our lives are more interesting than the game. but uh, And trust me, I hope that one day it grows so big that... We have to do tours around the U.S. and be like, hey, come join us while we vent about ourselves. My number one dream in this life is to get embarrassed about my episodes of Currently with George and Donna because I'm so famous <laughs> that... that Co- Conan? Yeah, that Conan says, let me play a snippet, a, a snidbit for you. <laughs> <laughs> let me play a snippet for you of your first episode with Currently... And I'm like, oh Conan, and I do that fake thing where I like put my hand oh over my, my face. Oh my God! I didn't know this. Was, I didn't know you were I gonna didn't do know this, you were Conan. Play this, Conan. <laughs> but oh, go ahead. This is so. My biggest dream in life is to be famous and be so embarrassed over these episodes. <laughs> yeah. And so. Oh, just kidding. I'd rather be rich than famous, y'all. <laughs> Any day, hands down. Preach it. <laughs> you know what? I asked George that one day. I was like. Would you rather be rich or rich and famous? I think I think that's how you're like rich and famous. I'm like seriously, you can have your an- anonymity and just be like rich and be able to do everything. And he's like, no, nah, I'd be rich and famous. I was like, hmm, things I never knew about you before. Okay, I'd rather just be no, rich. no. I said fun famous, where not you're like not impossible to walk through the streets, but like some people recognize you and you have fun conversations. You meet new people. Um, and, and I think sometimes fame doesn't lead to money, so. No, but if you. Like, like for instance, I heard like Pink donated a million dollars to the cause. I was like, Pink has a million dollars? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Of course Pink has a million. What rock have you been living under? I don't know. Pink is very that just successful. Sur- it just surprised me. I thought she was hit for a while. I thought, I mean, she's not like making popular songs now. Yes, she's she just is. living. Off the residuals? Do you listen to the radio? Yeah, she's on the radio all the time. 
Yes. What song? She had some new ones. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to fact check it, but I'm not necessarily I think a huge fan, so I can't tell you. Like, and I don't know if she does stuff on the side either. I don't know all about no, Pink's life. Babe, you've seen her fly all around her trapeze all over the world. That was ceremonies. so long ago. That was no, so long ago. I'm telling you, she's big. She's never not been big. She's got a ton of money. But okay, to take her, she can't just walk down the street without people recognizing her. But I don't want to be that level. How famous. I want to be what like a fun What level do you want to be, George? <sighs> it's hard to describe. <laughs> <laughs> you, I think I can describe it for you. What? You want a certain amount of unwarranted love. Uh, unwarranted <laughs> love? Yeah, that's what being famous means. People who don't know you love you for reasons they can't explain. No, so there's people who want to become famous to get that love there's people who become famous because they're doing something that they love and they're passionate about but i gave you the option of being you could do the thing way too different what if you do the thing you're passionate about but it doesn't make you famous it just makes you rich would you still choose to be rich and famous what do you think i'm doing wait you rich no but i'm doing things that i love to do that i want to do to make more money and hopefully become rich one day I'm so, say, no, I'm saying I gave you the choice that day. I said, what if you can be rich and just straight up rich or rich and famous? I So you could be rich doing a thing you love. Would you be rich doing a thing you love or rich and famous doing a thing you love? You, cho- you chose rich and famous. But it's not because... I don't think it's because I want unwarranted love. Anybody who That's- wants to be famous wants to be admired by people. But I am a joy. I am a delight. <laughs> so, 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 is that really selfish? Oh, no, I guess not. I guess not. Anyway, one, we di- one episode we'll talk about confidence. Oh, anything you guys need to learn about confidence, you came to the right place because George can teach it all to you. Tell, tell them tell, tell confidently how much you can teach them. <laughs> I can confidently say you will be confident after hearing a couple of episodes <laughs> from me on confidence. Anyway, we took a big old U or left-hand turn. So back to Sherlock. Sherlock. So uh, we played Sherlock. We haven't really gone back to it. We got Hunter uh, Killer Box. And then we did the whole big move, which we highlighted in many of our early episodes. Right. And, uh, oh, that's how we got two. on this because I said, I said, I hope that we have to be, get embarrassed by these. Well, it started out that we we're going to do Hunt Killer. Then it turned into, no, let's just talk about ourselves to vent <laughs> and to just talk, you know, just let our friends know what we're doing every day. Yeah. And Mark Wahlberg. And Mark Wahlberg. Um, and, so, and so we stopped doing Hunt Killer. We still have the boxes in our office, by the way, that maybe one day we could revisit. Yes. And I think it's okay that we haven't. Because we have them all, but here's my reasoning, uh, which as we continue this uh, 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 journey of different detective games, then we got detective, and I heard uh, I listened to a gaming pod board gaming yeah, podcast. Yeah, so, so he's saying it's a game called just called detective. detective, and boy, is it good! It makes you feel like you're a real detective. I've never played a game like that in my entire life no so a couple minutes ago when i said at that point in time the sherlock consulting detective when we got that we were like this is the closest you could feel to being a real detective because you it just you know the case you know the story of the case 
you get the little um, the map in the directory and then you just gotta go wherever you decide to go so that feels kind of real it doesn't give you any clues or hints of what to do so at that point in time when we first got that game we we're like oh this is this is the be all end all Mm-mm, nope we was wrong girls mm. we were wrong when we got this detective board game it's different from the hunt to killer box because the hunt to killer box was very much interactive and everybody who they're sending that box to is also on the internet commenting on it mm. and stuff. So it feels much more interactive. A real detective would never search the internet and find out that there's 80,000 other detectives trying to solve the same case. Yeah. <laughs> so with this detective board game, though, you do feel like this is the be-all, end-all. This is like what it must really feel like to be a real detective because, well, I'll let you describe it. Well, um, you, you do have a, a actual board and um, everything takes time. So if you go to speak to somebody, if you travel to a different location, I'm seeing that mechanic a lot where it deducts time from your overall investigation as you travel to different locations. So, um, and you have to solve the case by a certain time. So that time management is really important. So you, you can't. You have to use your computer, you which was to, a huge new thing for us. You had to go online and look at up files and stuff. Right. So, as that uh, as time is deducted from you, and you have to meet those criteria, you can't go down rabbit holes that are unnecessary. You have to be really wise about which way you go and what direction you take, and um, you have to take a lot of notes. And so we were playing this with uh, friends that were over in Brian and Chelsea. And we rolled this game out and we jump on the computer and we start talking through the case. And I remember sitting in the sofa like over here with them here. And we got uh, uh, the pad paper, like the big pad paper that and we stuck it to the wall. And we started oh, like, writing like, notes. Like the big thing that you would like play charades on and like flip the yeah, paper. Flip the it was page. a big, big thing. But we started notepad. ripping them, putting it on the walls writing in pencil and talking about our different theories with them. And then um, one game, one uh, I think that has five cases and one case can take you well over two, three hours. Yeah. And so we started playing with them. And I remember just sitting around the room and you and Brian or somebody were debating like who to question and why. And I was like, this is really cool. <laughs> and then you get like uh, samples of DNA and you put it through the internet system that they have set up for you. And it gives you further clues and you can match DNA with people. So, um, and it's very loose. Like they don't tell you clear cut. This is the direction to go in. Yeah. That's what I love about it too. You have to choose. There's different options. You choose how you're going to spend your time wisely and who to go down. And sometimes those lead to dead ends and sometimes they're... They just give you the information that you need. So I absolutely love that game. But I think it's also, it's a tougher game than for oh, a lot of people. Because okay. you, the investment of time and the note taking, it doesn't lay things out for you. Yeah, so if Sherlock Consulting Detective is hard, this is harder. Mm-hmm. Times 10, I would say. Times 10? Yeah, or times 5 at least. I think it's a different kind of complexity. You know, with Sherlock, it was there's this thin thread in the whole thing that leads to that he already beat you. Let me put it this way: you're not going to bust this out your at your family game night with you and your two uh, 14 year olds, probably. Yeah. 
um, because you guys got to be ready to sit there for a few hours and concentrate and think about which moves to make. You're like, I'm serious. I'm not even kidding. You're acting like you're a real detective. Nothing's given to you. There's no clues. You got to go find everything. You got to find And then find you get the clues. police report. And then the police report has some clues, but it doesn't have like the clear path to where to go next. Right. That's what I love about it. It tells you the situation, what somebody saw, who some of the witnesses were. It's like really simple. Um, um, I mean, it's high quality, but simple in information. And um, man, it, it was so good. I remember my one memory about it is that we're sitting here not only uh, discussing that, but we we had dinner reservations. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, we decided to go to dinner. So we were like, should we cancel dinner? Should we cancel or dinner? <laughs> oh, that's right. We should have, yeah. though. In hindsight, I think we should have because we were kind of tired at dinner. And the dinner was like stupid expensive. Yeah, stupid expensive. And, and not worth it. And I was like, ah, oh, in hindsight. And they were leaving the next day. So we yeah, couldn't really Yeah, we should have So Anyway, so, Brian so and look. Chelsea, if you ever listen to this, we're sorry. Oh. <laughs> I know Brian's got the game now. I don't know how far he's gotten yeah. into it, but he told me he bought a big pad. Oh, nice! Uh, Get a dry erase board, dry Brian. Erase board. But uh, but don't let me deter you though. Maybe you got two fourteen-year-olds that are detectives in training. Maybe they're always up in your business talking about, "Mom, where'd you go this afternoon? How can I trust that? Who were you with? I don't know your life." Maybe that's what you got going on. Yeah. So don't let me deter you too much. If you have a group, or ga- uh, a group of gamer friends, I'm not talking about your Friday night Yahtzee people. I'm talking about a group of at least like three or four y'all that will take the time to sit and go, let's solve this. Let's play this awesome game. Because let me tell you, it's awesome. And That's it's a awesome. big payoff. Yeah. When you solve it, yes. you feel like you did something you get, great. You get, like most of these, you get questions asked that you have to answer. And it's tough when you get a question that you never went down uh, the path of. But if you're doing good, you have an idea. And then you debate those ideas, right? You don't submit an answer until you all agree on it. Yeah. And, and you you know, you have to state your case as to why and what's the connection. Yeah. And when you, so so at the end of, of all of your, you know, going down the rabbit holes, trying to find clues, trying to link people together, writing on the board, all this stuff, at the end it says, solve the case. So when you get to the point where it says solve the case, the format that it does it is it, like George says, asks you a series of questions. So you'll be like, you know, who is the killer? Oh, you answered it. You think you got it. Why? Oh, you answered that. You think you got that too. Uh, When? You answer that. Why was the plant knocked over? (laughs) And you're like, there was uh, a plant knocked over? There was, what? What are they even talking about? And turns out it was a like a thing you were supposed to go down that meant something to the case to maybe find like a future criminal mm. or something or some bigger part of the plot that's taking place and you totally missed it. Mm. And so you get points deducted for that at the end, but it makes you feel like, oh my gosh, I didn't pay attention enough. Like I didn't do everything that I was supposed to do, you know, to get it solved. But anyway... It's a lot of fun if you have those a group of people who really want to sit down and commit the time for something that's a huge payoff, mm. then I highly recommend it. Yeah, so that's that's fantastic. Uh, fantastic, fantastic game. So we dropped off of that one for a while, and then um, we bought a whiteboard because we're going to get back into it because the notes that we had, it was awesome. We left it in our living room up on it, and when people came over, we had to explain 
you know, the big words of murder and, and this person. And you do like mind maps, you know, like this person's connected to this person yeah. and how. And then this person, and so you have these things and it's like murderer circled and like, like suspect, ask questions. And we're like, oh, sorry, that's a game we're playing. That. We literally had mind maps hooked to our living room wall, like big mind maps, like hung up on our wall for like a couple weeks. And people be like, what is going on here? What is going on here? <laughs> and we're like, oh yeah, we got to get a whiteboard. <laughs> so as I was listening to my uh, board gaming podcast, um, the one that always came up uh, was Detective and Chronicles of Crime. And, you know, that they're two very different games, but they're both very good. And they're both very different enough that they're both worth having. And um, the way that th this guy explained it and talking about it again, I'm like, I got to get this for Donna. Yeah. And so I got it and we play the first game. And it is a beautiful version of Detective or Sherlock Consulting t Detective where... Everything's laid out for you on the board. All the characters, um, the entire trail, um, the locations. So it's a great, great game to play with people because you use your phone to take pictures of QR codes of people and ask questions and locations um, for this crime. And then it gives you a little bit of information about each location or each person you interview and it's all recorded so that you can go back over your notes. So it kind of does that work for you. Right. So we've full circle back to Chronicles of Crime, which is what we started talking about in the beginning of the podcast or semi beginning of the podcast. So that's our journey to Chronicles of Crime. Right. So and to I just explain a little bit about well, it. Well, to explain a few things about what you explained. What's a QR code, George, for people who don't know? It is almost like a barcode. Which I'm sure most of our listeners know what barcodes. You know what like. barcodes are. You use your iPhone or, or a phone to scan that picture of that barcode. Uh, have to you guys seen? Um, I know, like y you might go places and see those little square codes that are like black and white and like higgledy pickledy, and it's like scan your phone on this. But most of them go, I don't know what that does, and we don't do it. <laughs> so it's one a QR code's that little square. A little code with black and white shapes in it that you can scan to like look up stuff um, for a product or service. Yeah, so every pro every character and location and clues have QR codes. Right. So you so when you're playing the game with your phone, every single person. So it's a it's got it comes with cards. So every suspect or person or witness, every person in the game is on a face card, like a deck of cards. And every clue is on a clues deck of cards. Um, so every single card has a code on it. So you can scan that into your phone and the storyline happens on your phone. So every time you, George is pouring himself a margarita right now. He's not peeing y'all, I promise, if you heard that in the background. Um, <laughs> so every single clue and every single person you can follow with your phone and it follow it, it uh progresses the storyline further so your phone keeps track of everything for you so guess what no whiteboard needed no notepad needed no you know I'm, well you still want to like use your memory i was gonna say no memory needed but you still want to use your memory to like remember wait did we talk to that person already um 
But even so, the phone keeps track of everything and you can like go back in time and see who you already talked to and what clues you already got. And it compiles it all for you. And so it's like detective, but a simpler version, wouldn't you say? But one of the coolest features about this that really separates it apart is that there's some scenes you can go to, like a murder where a murder happened or an explosion happened or something like that, and you can go and see a 3D image of that scene. So I have some VR goggles, not VR goggles, but they're goggles that you can put your phone into um, that give you that VR experience. And you can look around the entire scene and get clues. They give you a time limit of about 40 seconds to see the scene. You have all these clues laid out in cards that annotate like firearms or, or flammable objects or rope and things like that. And as you look at the scene, you tell your partner what you're, what you're seeing and then they pull some of those clue cards out of that large stack and add it to uh, the, the case and it allows you to investigate whether that clue was part of the case or not. And these three of these scenes are really cool. Really, really, really cool. Mm-hmm. What do you think about them? I think that's the coolest part of this game. Because with every other, like, uh, quote-unquote, like, hard, super hard, super smart, whatever other game that we've played, none of them have had virtual reality. <laughs> yeah. So this one's super cool because you get to kind of, for a few seconds, be in the scene. And look around and find your own clues with with visuals instead of just reading about the clues. Exactly. So I really like that part about Chronicles of Crime. And we played it with four players one time. (gasps) We played it with two of our friends. Oh my goodness. That was a fun night. They loved it. They loved it. Um, I... I don't like all the scanning and one of our friends loved all the scanning. So, so it was kind of cool because he was in charge of that and he would try to get into character for different other characters that you would read and he would get so excited when, you know, obviously you get some people you scan and they don't give you like more than two lines and then some people give you like three pages worth of information and so you get excited over that because you're like, oh, we're about to discover something awesome. Yeah, so sometimes you'll scan the little QR code on a witness or a person that you think is suspect and it'll say like i don't know anything about that why don't you ask your experts or something like that and you're like dang it it didn't lead to anything and then sometimes you'll scan a little code on a person and be like oh mr barnes i know all about him he came to the docks last week and he came with he had a heated argument with mr (laughs) Jarns. right it'll be like when uh when you see on those crime shows on tv like ncis when they go to talk to a good witness that gives them a bunch of spill all the beans well when you scan the person you see the dialogue come up on your phone that you have to read and it you see some uh people give you a little bit like one sentence and you're like oh it's not a good one and then some people, as soon as you scan the code, you see a bunch of words yeah. come up. And so our friend would scan and go, ooh, ooh, this is a good one. I got to sit down for this one. <laughs> and he would sit down to like read everything that that witness <laughs> but said. But I, I remember, I'll never forget that memory of that game because we were sitting around here, the island, with all this stuff out. And we're just talking about the connections that it possibly could be and getting excited and laughing so hard. That was another one of those feelings like we had with Brian and Chelsea. This fr- these friends were uh, Dave and Jen. Um, we, you know, of like, you're solving a crime together. How freaking cool is this? <laughs> yeah. You know? And there's a little bit of pressure because we're all competitive. We all want to win. 
And I'm everybody the least inputs, competitive one of all of them. And everybody inputs really cool information. You know what I mean? Like there's a different way you looked at it. Like there was something super huge. Don't say it as a spoiler. But super huge that I missed in the first game that solved the game. And then when we inquired on that guy, he said something that made it even more clear and it was so cool. And I was like, I would have never guessed that that was the guy. Yeah, I was like, I really think this is the guy. I think this is the guy who did it. And George's like, no, no, no. I'm like, no, I think it is. And we did a couple more things. And he's like, why do you think so? I'm like, because he literally said a couple moves ago, blah, blah, blah. And George goes, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like, I totally missed that. And I'm like, yep. It's like, that's him. That's him. Um. <laughs> And then there's different levels of, of difficulty with this one. Um, easy, medium, hard. We played a hard one and we won one hard one. And then we lost one hard one. And it, it's it's weird because it hits you, mm-hmm. you know? Like I've been thinking about it. Like I've been like, man, how could we have been so dumb? Mm-hmm. People's lives were at risk. Mm-hmm. I should have been smarter. Parliament blew up. Yeah, I know. So there's a lot of things like... Crazy things exploding <laughs> that I just. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just kidding, y'all. We didn't cause anything to really blow up in real life. <laughs> anyway, um, so I think uh, we definitely have now a good amount of games like that. And if I had to do it again, I would recommend that you start with Chronicles of Crime because it lays out everything. And then move on to something like Detective, you know, Sherlock Consulting Detective, I, I and w- then um, maybe like something like that Hunter Killer box. Yeah, I, I'll say this for y'all, for those of y'all who like have kids and stuff that like want to do stuff like this. What George just said, Chronicles of Crime. I will, I would recommend that you start with that one because the kids can scan the cards onto the phone. And you all can read together what, what the witnesses say and what the suspects say and what the clues say. That's a game you can play with your, I'd say, a little older kids, maybe 10 and up. What whatever do you think? Whatever the box says. Yeah, whatever the box says. But, 14 and up. Yeah, but we know some kids out there. Like Some, some people we know have some kids that are like 8-year-olds and are like, could rock that game. Uh, 12 and over. 12 and up. Okay, so I was close <laughs> when I said 10. So... You know your kids. If if they like that kind of stuff, like solving mysteries and looking at clues and stuff, that's one game that I would say, okay, yeah, with that one, you probably could start out with the kids. Um, but Detective, probably not. Sherlock Consulting Detective, maybe if your kid is Sheldon from Big Bang Theory. Um <laughs> Hunt a killer, killer definitely not. Yeah, that's it's so like you very know, like a, also I feel like that's probably more um uh, adult stuff. Not not that we saw anything risque or whatever, but um but but it seemed like a little bit more real when they said like someone's been murdered by the pond or whatever. It was like it, it's a lot, you know. Yeah. So uh how do you like uh just to uh um cap off this episode, how do you like the realism of some things and the playfulness of others. Do you prefer a little bit more serious? Do you like the mix? Like the 3D scenes in Chronicles of Crime are hand-drawn. They're not a real crime scene. 
Right. Do you think you would like a real crime scene? I mean, no, no. <laughs> or not like obviously a gory crime scene, but would you like a a break in? You know, like a house. You see a house has been broken into. Mm-hmm. Like t- for for that part of the gameplay to see like a real setting. Um, I don't think it matters to me. I don't mind if everything's drawn. You know, or like, like cartoony, cartoonish. I don't mind because we're not solving real crimes. Exactly. Yet. And I feel like the uh, the hunter killer boxes were closest to um, looking real. Like, well, well, the evidence was we didn't see any crime scenes, but yeah. um, I don't want to see any crime scenes. Like, as much as I love uh, true crime stuff, if they flash a crime scene photo, I like find something else to look at. Mm, gotcha. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to see any real crime Again, scenes. Again, it's fun playing detective. It's probably not fun being detective. No. Are you kidding? No. Uh, so in the future episodes, we got to talk about some of the crime shows and uh, some of the Netflix shows we've been watching. Yeah. All right, babies. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was a little bit longer, but we love playing board games and we love sharing that kind of stuff with you. Yeah. Bye, love babies. you, babies. Bye. Bye. Bye.